0: Welcome to Braving the Elements Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. I'm Janet Varney. And for this episode, we'll be diving back into The Last
1: Airbender, book one with The Storm.
0: That's right, buddy. But before we get started on that, we got to revisit last week's episode just to give a huge shout out to Hector Navarro and Danielle Radford for the awesome Great Divide Great Debate.
1: That's right. If you missed this episode, do yourself a favor and go back and listen because we had a blast hearing them argue about whether the Great Divide episode of Avatar Les Airbender is, as Danielle put it, a thriller or filler. Turns out it might be a little bit of both, huh?
0: That's right. That's right. It's both thriller and filler. And after such a fun time hanging with those two, you know what? We just decided it was high time we brought back one of our all-time other favorite people from the Avatarverse to hang with us and help us just unpack this episode, The Storm. Basically, we've just been saying how soon can we get
1: Jack back on again ever since our interview with him a few episodes ago on the podcast.
0: Ugh, which people love so much. This is a back by popular demand as well as a back by Janet and Dante demand. Please welcome, back to Braving the Elements, Mr. Douglas
2: Hennel! Thanks for having me back. I'm glad there was there was demand internal and external. How's oh, it, it
0: was in, it was all kinds of internal <laughs> and external. As soon as I said that, it sounded medical. So many soccer
1: stands out there, and as I'm seeing you on the video screen as we're doing this podcast, your hair is getting very soccer long, very long, top bunish. I have not cut it. For a
2: year and a half, I just, the opportunity is now out there. I certainly could get it cut again by now. And I have it, and it's down past my shoulders, and I don't know what to do about it.
1: When I first met you, your hair was very long as a teenager. I was
2: going to say, you're going back into teen years. This was the 17-year-old Jack haircut. its It keeps going through waves where I hate it and I so desperately want to cut it and then literal waves literal beautiful. waves, literal waves, and then the waves grow a little further and it kind of revitalizes and I go like, This is beautiful hair. How could I possibly cut it? Now I've got this like Samsony thing Maine. It where it it means too much to me now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but you have a grown up beard.
1: Yeah, a grown up beard when I first met Jack, his hair was super long and super curly, super wavy. Like like beautiful ringlets around his his face. Yep. It's crazy. And it's back. And it's back.
0: Well, I am very excited to have you. I know Dante is as well. And I mean, frankly, part of the reason is that Sokka actually doesn't get a ton of screen time in this episode. And that is painful to our hearts. And so that's another reason that this episode makes so much sense to have you back for. It's like we can make up for the absence of Sokka. Yeah, you can write the yeah, wrong. Yeah, for everyone. Everyone wants there to be more Sokka in this episode. And now there is by virtue of you unpacking the episode with us. So Yeah. But I feel like
2: there not being a lot of Sokka in this episode is great. He, you know, he like, he goes off to get a longshoreman job. Like he just gets some like honest union work and <laughs> just is too busy for all this Avatar stuff. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> the first time they re- realized, like, maybe we should get some jobs a little bit. Like, we're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> How are they living? Oh, one time he
2: worked for a boat. There we go. That's
1: right. I did do that as a kid actor. I was broke one time, you guys. Like, I totally was overdrawn in my bank account. And the, one of the only times in my life I got a job outside the entertainment industry, I was in a situation like this. And uh, I went and got a job parking cars on the beach. It was called Gladstones back in the day. I think it might still be called Gladstones, but oh, sure. SBE yeah. Yeah, Gladstones. kind of took it over. And so I was, it was actually a really great job because, like Saka, I was by the water and I was parking cars. I do remember, like uh, Saka, <laughs> I do remember one day my boss with a car, a minivan, pulled up and it was like Asian American family that kind of pulled up and then they they saw me parking their their minivan they knew and they're like can we take a picture with you oh next scene, i'm taking pictures with everybody in my valet parker uniform and then i red vest yeah i, I took the car off and then the, my boss is like who, who are you and i didn't know what to say i just said um in my country
0: oh, i am royalty no. oh no I really want you to have said, I'm, I'm, I've am I'm, done this job because I'm researching for a role. I've been playing a valet in an upcoming film and I need to know how to park cars.
1: I just went straight coming to America. In my country, I'm royalty. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful
2: story. My month and a half broke child actor job when I, it was in between stuff and I was feeling the, the same Pressure. little uh, stretch. I did a month and a half as a host at the Stinking Rose, right there in La Angeles, garlic-themed restaurant in Beverly Hills. Yep, yep, yep. And I, I wore, I would wear a big garlic bulb oh hat my goodness. to sing people happy birthday, and that was, yeah, that was enough for me to be like, I should, I should try hard. Probably Let's book a job stinking. soon here. <laughs> I need a I need a I love
0: it. like that is taking the very simple, kind of unfun theme of garlic and trying to do something with it yeah. to make it playful. It's like, hey, garlic oh, yeah. man's here. Do 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 everyone's like, Yeah, it's just it's just a gar it's a garlic themed restaurant. He just is wearing a garlic. And it was like a garlic cassette. cap. Like it was it still had
2: like a baseball brim on it and then just <laughs> a so large strange. garlic bulb. Yeah. yeah. It was a bad it's a bad hat.
1: What's crazy is like, you know, Sokka took a time out of his, you know, his hero journey to go be a longshoreman Mm -hmm. on the beach with maybe one of the most crankiest
0: fishermen in the Avatar verse.
2: No lie. Yeah, sad man just got a lot of anger towards the world. And also
0: a lot of like East Coast, but we'll get into that. (laughs) (laughs) The honeymooners or something. We'll get into that in a second. Super quick recap of kind of the overall scope of the episode. Sokka accepts this job from this fisherman because the kids are out of money. And like right away, as Sokka has joined up with this very grumpy man, he's very quickly reminded by this man like, oh, by the way, Avatar, hey, how you doing? You turned your back on the world. What a jerk. And Aang just kind of, disappears as the storm is rolling in and so what we have in this episode of course is these two sort of parallel stories where we're getting really into the origin stories of both Zuko and of Aang and Monkiazzo we hear more from we certainly find out way more about Zuko's story and the Agni Kai against his own father how he got his scar and then just as we think wait where is Sokka We find out, in fact, he is trapped in the storm with a fisherman on the boat and Aang rescues them, which I guess was... You know, now that it's, like, personal and this guy had his life saved by the Avatar, he's decided not to be so unhappy and angry at him, which is great. And then we have this crazy turn that we'll talk more about where Zuko lets them go instead of capturing them. Very cool episode with a ton of stuff to dig into. It was written by Aaron E. and was directed by Lauren McMullen. Yeah, so as far as the big picture
1: kind of theme on this episode, we get to see some real origin stories happening here. When I first started to realize who zuko was because i I mean until now i'm just playing this like villain kind of character yeah 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 i think even me you and may started having these things like did you read the script this week like what's going on like this is weird like oh there's some stuff
2: there's some stuff and so
1: this is the first inkling of that
2: you get a lot of like grounding elements to Justify and explain why Zuko is the way he is, and and what's really motivating his quest for the Avatar.
0: The way you described that Dante, it seemed like you guys were like standing around that little area right outside of where the recording booths are, where you can like give yourself some like cereal because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Nickelodeon's like yep. we the were, we snack were room, over with like, the popcorn, get a little, hot yeah. like, Ooh, get a little hot just tea, marshmallows. Little hot tea, marshmallows. Sure, a little <laughs> gossip. Did you did you actually read this one? No, I exactly, that's no, that that that's the thing, thing. <laughs> because it's
1: like if you, you did your homework and we're preparing then you read the script and then we would come in like, did you read the script? Yeah. What, what's going on? I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, is something's <laughs> happening. And we're like, and that's, this is the beginning. I think that a lot of us, myself included, started really kind of like being falling, falling
2: for the Zuko storyline. Like,
0: oh, okay. He's it's not so just, great.
2: Yeah, this adds a ton of texture to the character.
0: And also the sort of idea through the episodes leading up to this one of a little bit like it's not as simple as good guys and bad guys, you know? Um, And that there's this sort of crossing over happening. Yeah, I think as an audience
1: member watching you get these hints, as a voice actor doing it, there's no, we didn't see
2: any of that stuff. We were just like,
0: I'm just... (laughs) It's hard when stuff like am mad. You don't get
2: the visuals and we're not always good enough to find the subtleties. No, we're not.
1: (laughs) With that being said, Varney, you want to kick us off here and start our recap of The Storm? Sure.
0: Well, of course, as we know, the episode opens with this really beautiful sort of cotton candy-esque, like, cloudy sky. You have that, like, tinkling music box music, which is both pretty and also a little scary. Like, there's something a little weird about it. It's almost too happy. It's almost too, like, in the horror movies you would have that music box music and then like a, something scary would come in right at the end and it forever yeah. changes your feeling about music boxes. <laughs> or you'd see the child playing that music exactly. box. Exactly, in like slow motion. The merry-go-round's going around. You're like, yeah. something terrible is going to happen. <laughs> and oh, no. unsurprisingly, it does. But not before with this music box music with a sort of dreamy quality. We see Aang who seems totally blissed out. He's riding Appa. But then we widen out to see that Sokka is on Aang's glider, which is, I don't think it's something we've seen before, a little odd. And then over on the other side, yeah, and it continues to like just get more absurd. So we see that, it's like, well, maybe, okay. But then over on the other side of Appa, we see Katara uh, riding a giant Momo, which is the dead giveaway that something is definitely weird. But in this moment, everyone just seems like happy as can be. And you hear Katara's voice saying, We need need you, Aang. I need you too. But suddenly the mood and the sky kind of blacken. The uh, There's a huge storm cloud ahead. You know, Aang is suddenly shouting for Katara and Sakura to be careful, but then they're just gone. And then all of a sudden we see Gyatso and he's sort of Hovering down in front of Aang and Appa in a lotus position right in front of the storm. And Gyatso says, why did you disappear? And Aang's like, I didn't mean to. And then he reaches out to touch Gyatso and he kind of evaporates into smoke. It's like textbook dream. Aang flies into the storm as we still hear Gyatso. We need you, Aang. And Aang tumbles off Appa. Now he's in the water. It's very reminiscent of, you know, when he gets frozen in the iceberg. A whole chorus of voices is now saying, we need you, Aang. And boom, Aang wakes up with a start. And he also wakes up Sokka, who's (laughs) always ready, apparently, sleeps mm-hmm. holding both his boomerang and his axe. Ready to rock and roll. Very vigilant sleeper. Gotta be ready. And Aang explains that it was just a, a bad dream. Katara's worried about Aang. You know, she observes apparently we're joining them at this time where he has been having a lot of nightmares. Right. And then Sokka pops up and asks if anyone wants to hear about his dream.
2: <laughs> Classic way to make friends. Very. Everybody finds it very charming when you just walk <laughs> into a conversation and go to who wants to hear about my dream. Yeah,
0: because it'll be Real easy to describe. Everyone loves hearing about everyone mm-hmm, else's mm-hmm, dreams. Mm-hmm. And I just, I will say, I do feel like if there is a slide whistle budget for Avatar The Last Airbender, I'm going to say 75 to 85% of that slide whistle budget goes to Sokka. I mean, he really gets a slide whistle treatment. So I'm hoping yeah. at some point, Jack, during this episode, recap, you will say something that just doesn't land for either Dante and me, and then Yimu in post can just put a little... yes little slide whistle in there slide whistle. so we get I
2: super meta. I think odds are pretty high. I'll say, I tend to throw out way too many jokes. I think there's a pretty good chance something will we'll get a slide <laughs> okay.
0: That was a good slide whistle. It, that that was was nice. Nice. I was just, just going to say, whistle. I can't slide. I can't whistle really. I don't, I don't have it. Okay, Dee, take us through. What else
1: is going on? So now that everyone's up and awake, we see that they've actually been sleeping on a beach and the ocean's looking very clean and blue. It's very beautiful. But then they realize we better fly to the market because we're out of food. And then Sokka's like, hey guys, wait, this was my dream. He doesn't want to go to the market because food eats people in his dream.
2: I feel like when I rewatched this episode, I wanted it to be very prophetic, his dream of food to eat people. I was like, that's going to come back. It's going to turn out. And then, and then I was like, <laughs> I thought that too. It's just specific enough. They go there to get food, but they can't get food because he doesn't have money. So then he gets a, a job working on this boat and he gets swallowed by the sea. So the need for food gets him almost devoured by the storm. Wow. Sokka has prophetic dreams. It's one of his many magical powers that are covered extensively in the show Avatar. There it is. No. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then, uh, then there's this like very cool transition where we see like the flock of geese that we saw flying over Aang and the gang. Uh, uh, we see that same flock of geese we uh, presumably, flying over a ship. Underneath the, the geese, we see Iroh and Zuko on Zuko's big ship. Iroh can tell that a big storm is coming. He, uh, Zuko thinks, that's crazy. We're going to be fine. Nothing's happening. Iroh says, it's coming from the north, so they should go to like the southwest. But Zuko is just not having any of that. No. He's like, the Avatar's going north, so we're going north. We're following the Avatar. No matter what, Iroh... Is, raises the concern about the safety of the crew, and Zuko says, The safety of the crew doesn't matter. Not even a little bit. Wow. Not even wow. a little bit. The
0: safety of the crew doesn't
2: matter. So we had a long conversation about redeeming Zuko. It's not happening right now. That's a real mean What's thing What's worse say. is
1: one of the guys overhears him say it. You're one of his crew it. heroes. it's one thing to say something bad about <laughs> yeah. people. No one wants to do that. But if you do do that, hopefully the people you're talking about Ain't listening to you.
2: And Zuko's not even a nice enough guy to have the like, uh, "Oh no, is he right behind me?" Moment. I'm right, like, right. "Oh no, did they hear me?" He's just like, says it full voice, full volume, standing on the so ship. We're <laughs> definitely they're gonna hear you. What a what a little jerk boy. But watch maybe, it. Now he's gonna spin maybe it. Maybe In Zuko's
1: defense, <laughs> at this point, it's a very clear day. I mean,
2: (laughs) clear day. Like, Uncle's older
1: (laughs) and is like... Uncle Iroh may not know what he's talking. He's he's smelling storms. What are we talking about? It's so
0: clear out here. It's so nice. So nice! Okay, so Zuko has not really endeared himself to his crew with that line, and then we go back over to Team Avatar, and we're at this kind of small port, which, by the way, Appa, we see from a distance. He's sort of docked himself like a boat, which is very cute. And Mm -hmm. Katara's over at the market scrutinizing a melon while well, the vendor insists that it's good. Apparently, swishing means it's ripe, and uh, Aang seems to agree. But Katara puts it back, apologizing because, after all, um, they're out of money. Which the vendor then takes away the entire basket of food that they were going to buy with the money that they didn't have. She like grabs their basket and then, <laughs> and then kicks she does assault butt. him. Which, I would say, that's not okay. She does, she but not really hard. it was I mean, like a pack. Yeah, because they right.
2: weren't shoplifting. They very they very out front said, we don't have any money for
0: this, <laughs> and uh, it doesn't warrant a kick in the butt. It doesn't. It absolutely does not. And now they've got no food, no money. Sore butts. Sokka has, probably has a sore butt, exactly. Katara suddenly suggests Sokka just get a job. So just then, coincidentally enough, we overhear... A fisherman and his wife. She's begging him not to go out today. She says she can she can tell from her joints that there's going to be a storm. Um, Aang says, "Well, we should definitely find shelter." And uh, and the fisherman's like, "Oh, you're crazy, woman!" And then they continue to argue. Like I said before, like kind of like a grumpy old couple from Brooklyn. I mean, their marriage doesn't seem great. It seems like one of those uh, marriages where you're like, oh, I hope they don't come over for the holidays because then we'll just have to hear them yelling at each other and everyone will be really uncomfortable. Uh, But also, they run this fishing business together. So it's just a lot. It's a lot. They're stuck together. They're stuck together. Uh, and But Sokka volunteers to go with the fisherman. In fact, I think he overhears the fisherman be like, well, fine, I'll find someone else and I'll pay him double. And then Sokka's like, cool. And as soon as Sokka mentions that, the fisherman's like, what? That doesn't rig a bill. Hey, um, come on, there ain't
2: no double around here. <laughs> Head back home, kid.
0: <laughs> here in
2: this fishing village in this here Earth Kingdom. Hey, we're just on the outskirts here of the <laughs> Earth Kingdom. We're all earthbenders around here.
0: That's right. Now, let's go back over to uh, Prince, the safety of the crew doesn't matter, Zuko. What's going on over there, Dante? Yeah, <laughs> meanwhile,
1: with our valiant Prince, Zuko, who said a few unchoice things, it just so happens at this point in time, they're going straight into the storm. It got stormy. And the lieutenant observes that Iroh was right about the storm. He smelled... Right, smelt it right. And Zuko accuses the lieutenant of not showing respect, which
0: was that disrespectful? Uh, yeah, I don't know. The guy wasn't being disrespectful. He was just like, hey, you were right about I the kn- storm. And Zuko's like, that's disrespectful. I know, but he's on my last <laughs> nerve. You?
1: You're getting on my last nerve, Lieutenant. All right. <laughs> you're on my last nerve.
2: First, you cared about the safety of the crew. Now you, you're I mean, <laughs> complimenting my uncle. I've had just
1: about enough. Right. So, anyway, the, the lieutenant baits Zuko as he walks away. He says, what do you know about respect? Now he's picking a fight. Oh, here we the go. The way you treat everyone around here from your hardworking crew, your, your esteemed uncle, shows you nothing but respect. And Iroh is, you know, wincing. He's, actually, Uncle Iroh trying to break him up. Like, stop, stop. Uh, oh, but totally. He goes on.
0: I think he's even making the like cut it yeah, out. Yeah, he's like, he's hey. like doing the, This like Ew, ixnay on the Respect Day. He's like,
1: that's <laughs> a trigger word. Trigger word. <laughs>
0: that's right. Like, don't call Marty McFly no. a chicken, and don't yeah. say don't, <laughs> don't call him chicken.
1: Don't. That's a trigger. That's a trigger word. <laughs> and then he goes on and even calls Zuko spoiled. This really that's triggering. Oof. Zuko turns, and then it's on. Iroh then breaks it up. He says, we're all tired. We just need a bowl of noodles. Zuko's peeved and he Mm -hmm. stares into the storm, brooding for a change. He's brooding as he does. Uh (laughs) He's like, no one's with me. No one's with me.
0: Not even my own crew. You know what? Let's let him simmer in those juices just a little longer while we take a short break. Okay, we're back. Jack, what's going on with Team Avatar over at that dock where Sokka is now loading up the boat? So Aang is worried about the
2: coming storm. He too, like Iroh, has has the sense that a storm might be building, trying to get Sokka to reconsider. The wife agrees. She says, the boy with the tattoos is right. And the fisherman uh, uh, notices now for the very first time.
0: (laughs) Even though it's like the most
2: noticeable thing about Aang. (laughs) Yep. It's a quick, easy first read. Bright blue. Suddenly (laughs) he's like, whoa, tattoos? This kid's got tattoos? And you're telling me he's an hairpin' with tattoos? Uh, And suddenly he realizes that Aang is the avatar They're probably lighting up thinking, oh, now we're going to get free food from the village. People are going to apologize for kicking us in the butt. But no, the fisherman is real upset about it. You know, Aang, a lot of times there's some like godlike imagery and stuff. And we get this moment of like anger at the gods for having like forsaken us where this fisherman is like, oh, I don't I don't love that you're the avatar. I hate that the avatar has been gone for 100 years and that we've been left toiling in our misery. I mean, which I when I was watching, I was like, oh, it's the first kind of like negative
1: response to the avatar where you're like yeah you kind of screwed all of us look at all the stuff that you did
2: yeah like too little too late dude yeah there's been a terrible war one of the you know one of the nations of peoples is gone and and it happened in this time where people felt abandoned by this powerful force that was supposed to protect them and of
1: course it's an older guy maybe as a kid he can remember some of the things going down that was really bad the newer kids are just excited as an avatar. And, and have
2: hope that, the, that he was still going to come back. Yeah. So Katara tries to stand up for Aang, and Aang is uh, feeling very guilty and 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 backs away, uh, shoops off on his glider. Katara chastises the old man, jumps up on Appa, goes off after Aang. Appa tosses water onto the old man and Sokka, taking off out of his little dock port. Sokka's like, ugh, bleh, these guys, my friends, right? The fisherman basically tells him, shut up. Do the job you were hired for. Don't complain to me about nothing.
1: He's still bitter. And it's crazy how how Ang just takes off. At the first sight of like, you're not that great of a guy.
2: I'm out. He's, yeah. But that's a, that's a tough idea. Like hearing that people aren't all jazzed about that, that people are angry at him and that he's, you know, that people feel betrayed by him for something yeah. that we are about to find out he had very little control over.
0: Yeah, it's such a foreshadow report of a foreshadow report inside. I mean, it's just like sort of wrapped up in itself, this whole episode where, you know, we know that he had this dream and suddenly there's this kind of echo of like well we we did see a bunch of people in the dream saying we need you we need you it was obviously a nightmare now you've got this old fisherman who's like where were you we did need you where were you and now we're inside the storm that everyone saw coming katara is searching for aang as she's you know on opa flying through the air and in the distance in the rain she sees this kind of small figure near a cave opening and she goes inside and there's Aang kind of hanging his head in shame and he doesn't want to initially does not want to talk about what the fisherman said but Katara being Katara she's very good at, at communicating with Aang and and she kind of pulls it out of him and he says you know I'll tell you but it's a long story And Appa's so cute because he kind of like comes in from the storm and sort of pushing up against Aang. Almost like, yeah, tell the story a little bit. (laughs) That's not a good.
1: Because Appa was like, I was there, too. I was there, too, Aang.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And so Aang begins to tell of when the monks told him that he was the Avatar.
1: And then we see the story as (laughs) Aang's telling it. He was teaching some of the other kids how to make the airball scooter thing, which no one else seems to be able to do initially. And then Aang says, uh, no one taught him how to do it. He made it up. Yeah, a little prodigy. And then Gyatsu interrupts and to bring him to the elder monks who reveal to him he's the after. They all those elder monks are around Gyatsu. It's like, we need to talk to you, son. And they're like, okay. We must shout out Sab Shimono who returns as Monk Gyatso, and the great James Hong, who plays one of the monks in Aang's memory, who's so amazing. He's done so many films and oh, TV I through the years. Him. I know. I think he, I think James holds the record, like,
2: you know, the most amount of movies ever in Hollywood. I think right? he has the largest, like, amount of credits on IMDb, and I think it might just be... Maybe it's films overall, but television included. I don't know. But he's like, yeah, the most credited actor, I think. Oh, so. Yes, so shout out to James. It's so, huh? it's crazy. so
0: crazy. He's so awesome. And yeah. then they reveal to Aang
1: that they knew right away that Aang was the avatar. They throw uh, a fabric, which he unrolls, and unveils four toys, a turtle, a windmill, a monkey, and a horse or a drum. I, You know all these animals? I mean, there's four for sure.
2: It goes quick. I bet there's someone has done a great breakdown of what they all are, what they all mean, and which of of the Avatar's past lives right. the reference. And I, I couldn't catch it. totally.
1: And I mean, they're, they're Aang's favorite toys, and apparently Aang had thousands of toys to choose from, and he chose these four relics. And so that's how these monks knew that he was the Avatar. And Gyatso explains that these were the relics of his past lives. Like these were the toys of the past Avatars, and so that's how they knew that he is the Avatar, but he also continues to explain that we would normally, wouldn't reveal to you that you are actually the Avatar till you're 16, but troubles are brewing. Storm clouds are gathering, and I fear there may be a war. We need you, In. So now he's all of 12 years old with the weight of the world on his shoulders.
0: Yeah, which, by the way, am I the only one who immediately, like, projected into the past, imagining a bunch of kids like almost choosing all four toys. And then at the very end, like a a montage of like other kids being like, and they're like, he chose the turtle. He chose the windmill. He chose the monkey. Oh, he chose the... Okay, he chose the clan horn. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, okay, all right. He chose the top. And so, Jack, what is going on with Zuko amid all of this stuff going on with Aang?
2: Okay, so we're we're on the ship, and the lieutenant... We're in, like, the bells of the ship, and the lieutenant is, like, drinking and grumbling about taking orders from Zuko. He's over it. He's had enough of this kid. Iroh, ever protective, overhears this, joins in, uh, uh, sits down. He says, do you really want to know who Zuko is? Do you really want to hear... You know, he's been through much. Uh, So now we go into Ira's memory. We're getting another story time. Um, And I'd say that's a big theme of this episode, is, like, what stories we listen to and what stories we don't. Like, we hear... Aang's story. We hear Iro's story about Zuko, and no one's that interested in Sokka's story about the food and his dream. And I think that's like a big takeaway here of like, how, how when are we receptive to hearing? So- you know, um, so so we go into we go into Iro's memory and we see younger Zuko looking real baby face. He doesn't, doesn't so innocent, so innocent. Dante's pitching Dante's pitching up a yeah. little bit. We're getting bi- we're getting young together. like 13. He's got one old little request. thing Even coming young, out like from 20. his point, to like one little bang
1: just out of place. So cute. Yeah. Aww. Can't keep
2: it all together at that age. Um yeah. so he he wants to get into the war room. Uh the guards won't let him pass. Iroh tries to reassure him. He's like, "You're not missing anything. It's like honestly really boring in there." But Zuko is insistent he wants to go in. Iroh relents but says, "Okay, Zuko, you can go in, but you're not to speak." Uh Zuko agrees or does he does he actually because he's sort of he's just like okay thank you uncle that's not you know he's kind of yeah, getting trying to get by sneaky. on a technicality here
1: there's a <laughs> lot to unpack here if you think about it uncle Iroh is the
0: one who lets him in
1: this room uncle Iroh
0: but he's trying it's oh. so clear that he's already trying to like guide Zuko away from being the warmonger you know he's like oh you don't want to go in there it's I agree I agree I agree but then he's like okay I'll bring you in and and that's where all my life
1: changes goes awry foreshadow reports
2: this is where it goes down
1: I'm not blaming Uncle Iroh (laughs) I just thought about that for a moment Zuko will unpack that with a therapist later on we forgive Uncle Iroh for sure. No blame. I'll tell
0: you what. No, but you're right. You know, foreshadow report, foreshadow report. Perhaps something has happened to Iroh already that makes him very protective right. of Zuko. Mm. And I'm sure he does feel responsible. Yeah. Like he probably does. You know, he's telling the story. It's like in his version of the story, it's true. Iroh is the one who lets him into the war room. And Iro's so sweet and sensitive. He probably is carrying that around with him, feeling responsible for, for that happening. Right. So we're in the, the, the big red fiery war room.
2: Uh, they're arguing over military tactics. And Zuko, who maybe or maybe didn't promise to be quiet, uh, can't take it anymore. So he he bursts in, he's defending all the brave sol- soldiers who have been, you know, defending the Fire Nation, risking their lives. And Zuko's worried for this safety. You can't speak out. You can't speak back in this setting. This is not how things go down in the Fire Nation. So we, we get a cliffhanger of there being. That one general said,
1: the deal he's- is we're going to send these young mm-hmm. troop guys to the front. Like, they're all going to die, because I know that's the plan, because we're going to come back behind, we're going to sacrifice, we're going to pawn these guys out to bring in some bishops and rooks behind them,
2: which I guess is cool for strategy. I'm sure Zuko, if this was such a pivotal moment in his life, internalized the idea of you should never be willing to sacrifice lives for your cause, right? He would never be like, hey, I don't care about the safety of the crew. Anyways, at this point, <laughs> things get learned. He got that smacked out of him. He, got, he learned the lesson the wrong way, for sure. Yeah, he learned the lesson the wrong way. Exactly
1: um, right. And then he got then he got put in his place. I mean, he's he's like 16 or 15 at the time, and he spoke out during the war meeting. You can't sacrifice an entire division like that. Those soldiers love and defend our nation. How can you betray them?
2: That's not cool, I guess. And that and we end this scene on hearing that there's going to be some dire consequences for Mm. him having spoken Mm, out.
0: mm, 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 (sighs) mm. But immediate I mean, that's a big pivotal moment when we find out that Zuko was trying to protect the safety of the crew as a young man and gets is clearly about to get in some sort of. Horrible trouble for it, and oh, by the way, doesn't have the scar yet. So where, you know, right. where does he get that? Dun dun dun! Something, something's you know. gonna go
2: down, and it's gonna change him because he totally. was a caring little kid with a with a fresh little face and one wisp of hair,
0: and <laughs> something's banged. gonna push him in a different direction. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then we go back to the cave, and Katara's asking Aang if he was upset, you know, when he learned that he was the Avatar, and uh, Aang says he doesn't, he didn't really know how to feel. Except that once he found out that he was the Avatar, everything around him also changed. And we go to Aang, you know, we see him in his memory playing with the other kids. And they've all learned how to do the kind of air scooter thing. And he's all excited. And they're like, oh, yeah, we even made a game about it. And Aang's like, oh, cool. And then as soon as he, you know, whips up the his little air scooter, everybody else just stopped. And they're like, oh, yeah, sorry um you're the avatar and stuff and so you have this unfair advantage so if you're gonna ever play with us it's not really fair to anyone else what with you being the avatar and all so i guess no one can ever play with you ever again
2: they don't know about like automatic qb automatic qb is <laughs> yeah. automatic
0: biggest. qb is assault <laughs> he plays both sides
2: they need yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's gotta play both sides. But maybe maybe air scooter ball doesn't have a, a QB type role that could play both sides. But yeah. it would have been
0: easy. <laughs> yeah. So he kinda takes off and so then we see that Aang's role listless, you know, he's he's playing Pai Show, which we only know really as Iroh's game. So there's another kind of of these all these moments of crossing over between mm-hmm. the you know, the protagonist and the antagonist. Like, wait a minute, that's that's Iroh's game, that's Pai Show. And um Ang with and, and and Gyatso is playing it with Aang and Gyatso's fully cheating and obviously it's so out there and, and in front of them that Aang realizes that it's happening they're just kind of it's a joke between the two of them and then the really dour monk that James Hong plays is kind of kind of bursts in, in and is like really surprised and also annoyed that Gyatso is playing games with Aang instead of training him but Gyatso won't let the other monk take him for training he's right. like you know I'm in charge and I'm going to decide when he does stuff and where he goes and why and all that kind of stuff. I'd like to
1: point out real quick, everyone talks a lot of smack about the Fire Nation and the politicking that goes on and this backstabbing, all kinds of stuff (laughs) popping off in the Fire Nation, which, uh, yes, things happen here, but as we see in this little uh, memory of Aang, we're seeing a little dissension in the ranks of the Air Nomads. Also... Mm -hmm. True. Not paradise as we like true. to see them in the puffy clouds, everybody kumbayaing, yaing, mm-hmm. just having holding hands and just playing games all day and skipping around the day in clouds. They also are being jerks to each other. We see that here right now. Just want a side note, just side note. We'll continue. Yeah.
0: It's a good side note. It's
2: fair. They they're kind of yeah, they kind of have quibbling disagreements about the best way to train this really important figure. Um that's pretty similar to like if the leader wanted to duel his child with fire. Yeah, I guess they do sort of both backstab. Yeah, I get it, I get it.
1: Who brought the water tribe here? Who who brought the water tribe to this meeting?
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty similar. Interchangeable, <laughs> interchangeable. All right, let's go back. Well, fine. You want to be with your precious fire nation. Let's go back. <laughs> hey, tell us what's going on with uh, with Iroh and his story. Well, telling. we're back. <laughs> when Uncle
1: Iroh telling this his story and his, his, about Zuko. He's telling the soldiers that the Fire Lord was furious with Zuko. And, he's, and he tells that Zuko was utterly disrespectful to one of the generals he interrupted. And the only solution would be... Dun, dun, dun. And they're all like, Agni Kai? Agni Kai? Like they're blown away by what what's about to happen and he's like yeah, that's right Agne Kai, y'all and so suko's like do I have to do an Agne Kai against an older general but guess what suko ain't sweating it suko's like boom shirt off on his knees he's ready to like Let's break go. off this old man that was gonna just just totally just I mean sacrifice a, a troop of young soldiers he was like I'm gonna I'm gonna do some fire bending on this old man. Let him know what's popping with the new generation. But guess what? He turns around, and little does he know, he's not fighting this general that he disrespected. He's fighting the Fire Lord, his own father, in In In, in Thing doesn't change. Poor Zuko's eyes start shaking. Oh. This horrible, actually. This is super horrible. Couldn't pop just like call me over to his quarters and be like, Zuko, like I need to talk to you about some things. I know it's your first meeting at the generals, the War Council, and this and that, and that and this. There's this there's rules to the game. Like like like, can he just like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Here's a tip. Yes. Yeah, a a, a tip, slap, on yeah. slap on the wrist. Pop. Slap
2: on the wrist. Pop. You know. Slap on the wrist. Can't can't use your warship for like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe
0: that is what's going to happen. And now we're over with Aang again. So I say, you know, let's not worry about Zuko till we know we have something to worry about. Jack, what's going on with with Aang and his story?
2: Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I'm sure everything's fine. So Aang tells Katara, you know, just as I was starting to feel better, something worse happened. Gyatso is explaining to the grumpy monk that Aang also needs to have time to just be a little boy, that that's like an important part of his avatar training. But the other monks disagree. They say that Giacomo's affection is clouding his judgment, um, and there's a great, there's a great little moment here. All I want is what is best for him. But what we need is what's best for the world. Ouch! That's some big, that's some big stuff. They're dealing with a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that. I know that's a lot. That that it's hard to pick a side on what's best there. You know.
2: This is why, in theory, they're they wait till they're sixteen, right? Is like this is yeah this is right. there's too Good much point. emotional investment from the guy training him there's there's too much at stake for a kid who might not be ready for this and they can't like they can't really have Aang make this decision he's not emotionally ready for it yet so it's yeah. tough and and it's cuz right. of this coming war uh the storm that's brewing um so anyway so the monks announced that they're they're going to separate Gyatso and ang mm-hmm. uh send him off to the what's the, the to the other air temple right he's going to get trained at like the Eastern Air Temple, um, Eastern. Eastern, 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 right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Eastern. So, Katara's so sad for Aang, um, but Aang is like getting real angry in this little in this little yeah. cave. We see like a flash of Avatar State energy in him, blowing the fire around. Yeah. They want to take away everything that Aang knew and loved. They wanted to send him out of his home, and his his arrow starts to glow, yeah. and and he bursts a little bubble around him. Um, Katara's like, Ooh, hot, hot cinders, hot <laughs> cinders. You're sending fire all across the cave. Aang calms down, apologizes, continues his story. You know, he was afraid and confused. Gyatso sneaks into Aang's room, but Aang is not there. There's just, he's left a scroll uh, that Gyatso reads and gasps. And Aang has has flown away and says, uh, He tells Katara that he never saw Gyatso again. This is the last time. And we know from earlier episodes what goes down. With so Aang's out in this storm, creating the bubble, and this is the moment that leads to him becoming frozen for a hundred years. So we see that moment in this memory, he, you know, him leaving in a huff because he was going to be separated. Katara's like, you know, you ran away. Aang says, the fisherman was right. I did. Right. I turned my back on the world. Um, Katara tells him, you know, you're being too hard on yourself. And that this was, like, this was what was meant to be. Katara's confident in that, that, like, you were made for this moment. You had to go out in a storm. You had to get frozen because, you know, you're here now and you give people hope. Um, and it's a lovely, it's a lovely little moment between the two of them.
0: And you were the one who brought up hope at the beginning. And you used the word hope with reference to Zuko. So, again, there's this right. other parallel happening. Yeah, we're getting parallels of, like, their very difficult childhood moments that
2: made them who they are that feel like these burdens that they both carry of their darkest moments but that there's some like embedded hope here yeah and and a, and a right. reason to fight on now for both of
0: you. Oh, It's so good, too, because since you said that at the beginning, I've had that in my mind, which I did not have in my mind when I was watching the episode. But now that you implanted that idea, Jack, when we first started talking about this, now when we get to this part where Katara says you give people hope, like the last person she thinks she's talking about is Zuko, right? It's the last person right. she has on her mind. But yeah. it's like, but the Avatar has given right, yeah. Zuko hope. Just maybe not in the way that she understands way. it to be, you know? Which is really yeah. cool. It's a good show, this show. <laughs> I feel like they
2: did a good, they made a good show.
0: Yeah. It's like, <laughs> this yeah. is a really good show. It's Dang, good. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so we go back to Iroh. Now he's describing this Agni Kai. Zuko is begging his father, you know, in front of this big audience, which are also like, ugh, did there have to be a huge audience? There? I mean, it's just humiliating from top to bottom. Um, he's begging his father in front of these, this audience. Please don't, please don't make me fight you. He apologizes. Uh, Ozai's like, you have to fight for your honor. Ugh, honor. Zuko's like, I won't, father. I'm not, I'm not going to fight you. And Ozai says, you will learn respect, and suffering will be your teacher. And that is so chilling. And Dante, I remember one time we were talking. I think it was probably on the podcast, but if not, it was in life. Um, but you were saying it wasn't lost on you the whole Luke and Vader moment right paralleling zuko and ozai this i mean the side
1: note here is it's the first moment doing this scene that i met mark hamill and he's playing ozai and going through this whole scene and saying these lines please please, father Father. i only had the fire nation's best interest at heart i'm sorry i spoke out of turn
0: you will fight for your honor
1: it's It's totally Vader and Luke. Mark just left the room. I was just, I literally just crumbled into the chair after doing this Agni Kai scene and yelling at each other and saying these lines. And it was, it's literally one of the most surreal moments of my career, like playing the Luke Vader scene with Mark Hamill. And, but I'm Luke and he's Vader. It's crazy.
0: And that, and just what you said, like for so many of us, Mark Hamill is so iconic as Luke Skywalker. It can't be a coincidence because that is such a meta. Guide mm. for us with Zuko. Like, we are being meta-guided to think right. of Zuko as Luke Skywalker, which is, like, not how we've seen him, you know? And so to see... Totally. It's this huge... It's dropping this huge hint in there to be like, hey, doesn't this remind you of Luke Skywalker yeah. and Darth Vader? Guess who's the good guy in that situation? Skywalker. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, no. Oh, is Zuko Skywalker? Wait, 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 wait. That's the whole thing with this episode when you have...
1: When you're mirroring the origin stories of Aang and Zuko through this, interweaving it through this episode is really just blowing your mind. Like, hold on a second, who's yeah, who's who? Who's good? Who's bad? What's going on? What's right? What's wrong? Like, and that I think this is that's why I think storm the storm so is one of the favorite episodes for a lot of fans just because of Absolutely. the beautifulness of that interweaving.
2: Yeah, a lot of people dock it because it doesn't have enough soccer, but it is a beautiful episode nonetheless.
0: That's why we're changing it. We're changing it with this episode of Braving the Elements. We are correcting that societal wrong by having you here. (laughs) And then afterwards, just to, like, add to the kind of pain of the moment, like, we go back to present day, and we see Zuko looking at, like, pictures of himself, right, with him and his parents and stuff. Right.
1: And they do that slow fade of him, like, being, like, this innocent child into, like, just slow fade into just the scarred face and he's like by the fire deep shadows you're like this is what happened to the guy he's all messed up
0: and as he's looking at that like then the lightning full-on just the lightning strikes the ship right do you think that he drew it to hit to the ship like what's that about i think it was
1: foreshadowing i was i thought about that when iroh the storm's going crazy the boat's going up and down lots of happening and then Iroh kinda helps protect the ship by redirecting the lightning.
0: Okay. I think that's what's happening. I don't know. I I I I got confused because I, I all of a sudden I was like, wait, did lightning strike the ship because Zuko's emotions? Kind of like Katara getting upset and you know creating the rapids in the very first episode is it like Zuko's pain is almost drawing the fire of the lightning to the ship which then Iroh has to redirect I don't know I think that's a good read cuz it it also mirrors the hot hot cinders
2: from earlier right it's these like You just
0: said that like it was a <laughs> like it was a snack for after after you get back from school like hot pockets like some tasty hot cinders <laughs> I
2: think I like I like that read a lot that he's that his his pain His pain reflecting on this moment draws the the lightning. And then, uh, because later on, foreshadow
1: report, lightning and redirecting lightning is something in foreshadowing.
0: And it could be seen as a metaphor for Iroh, again, always trying to redirect Zuko's pain and always trying to take take his power and his force and turn it into something that Zuko doesn't want or doesn't think is important. But Iroh's like, you have so much power. Let me just help you... Be this person oh. instead of that person. Like he's redirecting his this lightning. Is... I'm gonna cry. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, it's like we are going deep show. book club style it's into it, this it's show. A good show. <sighs> okay, hold on. One more.
2: One more book club. Did y'all notice who else gets introduced here? Wait. We see in a shot oh. Azula. <gasps> we see That's for the first right. time reacting to, and it's the crazy. Yes, it's like God. the whole character is present because you shoot yes. you you cut from Zuko's suffering. You cut to Iroh uh, in the audience, like, recoiling in horror, feeling so terrible for what's going on. And sitting next to him is is little Azula, like, smiling with, like, her eyes alight at what's going on. And then she's also in, in a second, we get those, like, uh, those beautiful still images of his like idyllic childhood before this happens and these memories. Uh, and and it's him running in a field with his little sister chasing him. Right, They're, She's there. They had this like lovely childhood together. And we see already that she's like headed down this twisted path. And they don't even, they don't even, they just knew, they knew where they wanted to go later. And they built that in, in a beautiful visual. I mean, it's awesome. She wasn't even scared when it got scarred. What's wrong with you? So here, here's where they planted her. Back in episode 12, they already told you more's going on with this messed up family. All
0: right, there is a lot that goes on in this next section where it's like this is a real like, then you see this, then you see that, then you see this, then you see that. And there's so much to keep track of. I would love for you both to kind of help describe what's happening as we go back and forth between Zuko and Aang's stories. Okay. So we're back
1: at the cave with uh Katara and ang and then the fisherman's wife, the achy one that knew the storm was coming, somehow's in the cave and she needs help because it's storming a hard outside. And even though they're a bickering couple, she loves the guy, doesn't want him to die. And she's like, I need your help. So it happens that their friend Sokka's also on that on that boat.
2: Whenever Sokka's not around, all the other characters should be asking, Where's Sokka?
0: <laughs> yeah, Amy yeah. yeah, and Katara right. are like, We'll go find him. And the fisherman's boss like, Cool, I'm staying here because I love right. the husband, but not that I'm much. In the cave. Not that much. <laughs>
2: They don't have a healthy relationship. Yeah, exactly. And then so on on the ship, uh, everyone's trying to figure out where the lightning that Zuko may be called uh, struck. Uh, and and the helmsman is like hanging on on the side of this like ladder, hanging on for dear life. Zuko goes up to save him. While Iroh redirects lightning through his body, which is yeah, uh, just incredibly cool looking, as we were talking about before. Um, so Zuko saves the helmsman. The crew's life does matter. He does take this extra moment whereas he's kind of could be fleeing to protect himself, he does stop and and pull up this right. this uh, crew member.
1: He was just saying that stuff before you it, it was just in a moment. It was he didn't really mean it. Now Aang and Katara can't find the boat. Appa flies through a giant wave, which is very cool. And then they see the boat
2: at the same time that Zuko sees the Avatar. Uh, and the crew on his ship is like, "Okay, what should we do?" And Zuko says, "Let them go. We need to. We need to get this ship to safety." Let's. You know, he chooses.
0: He chooses fully to protect the crew over over going after the avatar it's almost like he heard Iroh telling a story about him because we don't know what he was doing that he's now done a total 180 we take that in for a moment and then Iroh says uh, uh the only way out of this
2: is to go into the eye of the storm
1: now back on the boat Sokka and the fisherman hang onto the rope for dear life Sokka's like I'm too young to die fisherman's like I'm not but I still don't wanna I love that I love you said <laughs> That's that. Great. such a great joke great. or not a joke so real and Appa swoops in and goes to help, but lightning strikes the mast and the boat splits. They use the rope to sort of fling the two guys up into Appa's back, but then a huge wave is coming
0: in and... Yeah, and then you kind of think Appa's swimming down into the giant wave and you realize like, oh no, 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 he's not swimming at all. He's fully falling and everyone is just kind of sinking into the water but then we've seen it happen before there is a trend that seems to happen a lot of the time when certain characters are falling slowly underwater Aang goes into you guessed it the avatar state forms a bubble gotta form that bubble (laughs) got to form the bubble and back at the ship he knows how. Listen, he's had a lot of practice at doing that. That's it's a like a, uh, it's
1: like a just a, re, a reflex or something. It's like kind of like a security yeah. reflex button.
0: It's like yeah. when mm-hmm.
1: surrounded by it's a like lot his of airbag. water, <laughs> it's
0: his yeah, it's airbag. Yes, <laughs> airbag time. His it's own like airbags. Airbags.
1: Yeah, yeah. you, you got to go into after our state.
0: Yeah. Exactly, and and so and then back at the ship, you know, we see that they've really reached the eye of a storm. It's very dramatic. It's like very quiet and still. Like like people always say, is the, what the eye of the storm is like. It's like ooh, the, all around you is this raging storm, but at the eye, it's very still. And that's kind of what's happening
2: underwater too, right? In exactly, right. Bubble, oh, the, oh, like the airbag, this little, <laughs> the airbag within the airbag. Because I was trying to think, what is the mechanics actually of like? Because they're currently drowning, like they're surrounded by right, water. Yeah. So how? What does he do? He like blows a little he creates but an air, air
1: blows out air pocket and then it freezes around it or something i mean yeah he
0: has he somehow multiplies the <clears throat> air molecules uh this is very scientific i i, I might lose some of you because of my i have such a great command of physics but he clones the air molecules around them expands them uh pushes away the h2o molecules and yeah. displaces them so that there's a giant pocket of air uh, enough that will like they can now Tuesday breathe within that bubble yeah. or they're just sort of like in a suspended state. I don't question. know if they're I breathing guess I feel like they can breathe but I don't
1: know mm, but the other thing is somehow what it, it, it freezes them because they don't age in the bubble
0: whoa good point it's like
1: cryo cry you just blew my mind cryogenics cryogenics well i have to say that they
0: would show that much age after one minute i mean not one minute but in the past in the past it didn't age (laughs) but does that always
2: prevent you from aging or is that how long was i under
0: what's changed what's happened it was one minute it was one minute (laughs) i don't have
2: any new wrinkles this whole minute
0: No, but you're right about him being in suspended animation for him and Appa when he's under there for 100 years. You're absolutely right. But
2: that's also, they're literally frozen, right? They're in an ice like they're in an actual, so maybe that's on top of whatever's going on in the Avatar state.
0: Uh, but anyway, so it's a great anti-aging tool. And yes, they just they just got one. We're minute creating back a serum that's just like a small amount of avatar state that <laughs> you can right. rub on your eyes. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and so <laughs> Zuko is apologizing to Iroh. Another beautiful moment for Zuko in this episode. Yeah. Appa rises up in the bubble, they fly away. Uh, with this really interesting moment of Zuko and Aang like fully Looking back at each other, you feel like they're making, like, actual eye contact, uh, guy to guy, um, as he's flying away. And they're flying up and out of the storm. um, And then, you know, the fisherman and the wife are reunited for better or for worse uh the fisherman offers ang a fish in gratitude edsaka is like okay so that was very traumatic uh but i did do my job where's my money and then he's paid in fish which maybe isn't exactly what they were hoping for but at least they can eat the fish Those will take those it that eat do. that fish yeah and ang has kind of come to this this momentous decision where you know by through the therapy presumably of talking to Katara about this experience he had sharing the experience of how he became the avatar and everything that came after that um he doesn't he's not going to dwell in the past anymore which is wonderful and Katara again who remains always a great therapist um says you know I predict that this will also mean the end of your nightmares and the fisherman thanks Aang for saving his life, so he's sort of, you know, begrudgingly admitting, like, yes, you are the Avatar, you are you are helping people here in the present, and that's what matters. Um, the rain has stopped, uh, but Appa, you know, Appa, he still shakes all the rainwater off his Uh-oh. body onto everyone. Oh, Appa. <laughs> oh, Appa. Shaggy and dog. Shaggy is dog. the end of the episode. Adorable. Oh, Appa. I don't think we have any... Uh, New animals in terms of Animal Crossing. I don't think we see anybody new. A lot of animals in this episode. But I mean, and then some fish, just some fish, just food. Yeah. So that's, that's it for Animal Crossing Report. Um, Unless, uh, unless listeners, you have something that I missed, in which case, please let us know on social media. Uh, And now that brings us to discussing what we think might be the most valuable bending and most valuable non-bending moment Mm -hmm. of the storm. Mm -hmm. And real quick, Jack, just so you know, rest assured that Sokka gets a lot of uh, of good non-bending, most valuable non-bending moments. Almost all of them. He's, he like, is... the most all-time <laughs> most
1: valuable non-bender. Almost Although, every having said
0: time. that, I feel like a lot of the time we don't give it to Sokka. We're, like, overcompensating. We're, like, we I can't know. give it to Sokka because he would it's get everyone Sokka, and then and we don't ever give it like <laughs> yeah,
1: They do that in sports. Like, you can't give LeBron James MVP every year. Yeah. Because then it's no
0: fun. Then he retires, and you're like, oh, like, we did it. Just like, we t- know he's the most
1: valuable <laughs> player, but let's just give it to someone else because,
2: exactly.
0: you know. Yeah. Yeah, we may have we may have overcompensated. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to. Take well, then a I'm gonna really
2: that. argue hard for it this episode, okay. even though all he did was <laughs> try to work a little, get caught in a storm, risk everyone's life to save him, and then complain about his payment of a fish, which was pretty nice. Uh, so yeah, but rest assured, it's him. Great. Well, it would have been him if anyone let him tell his dream story. That's, that's right. That's really, the, that's perhaps right. all of this uh, was
0: avoided. I mean, the most uh, valuable bending moment is yeah.
1: whenever you go into Avatar State and you go into a bubble. I mean, is there any more, more more valuable bending
2: than that? I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. I mean, you could argue. What about Iroh? Iro's diversion yeah. of the of the lightning saves, you know, more lives. I don't know if it says better lives. Obviously, more important lives get saved by <laughs> a. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but Iro comes through pretty clutch there, and I mean, and, uh, and saves this whole ship full of people who we do decide that we care yeah. about and do
0: want them to be safe. I mean, I think I that mean, it, just for just for sheer coolness alone, that redirection of the lightning is pretty great. I think easy least valuable bending moment is burning your son's face. <laughs> I think that's a pretty
2: I think we could say like that one didn't oh add boy. that much. That's just pure abuse and
1: madness. That's yeah. just
2: Yeah. Not great.
1: Iroh knows his yeah. brother's a psychopath. I mean he's a psychotic yeah. leader.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean yeah. I'm I'm reserving the most valuable Non bending moment for my man Uncle Iroh, because the fact that he brought it upon himself to explain the story of Zuko to his his whole crew that's gonna about to, about to have mutiny on the bounty bounty here is yeah. the most valuable non bending because not only does he get to reveal the story of Zuko to his crew so they can work with him and for him in the future, but also to all of us. Very important, important non bending going on through. Through a story around the fire,
2: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Zuko himself gets the okay. non-bending MVP for me. the The moment of deciding to set aside his, you know, epic quest for honor at a moment where we just learned how much it means to him that to him it it represents like a return to normalcy that it would be the thing that would allow him to go home and have hope again, right. and be with his family, but he sets that aside. And, and my, my interpretation of this is he sets it aside because of uh, the lightning and sort of, like, his PTSD about being burned by his father. He sees mm. the danger that his crew is under. It reminds him of the suffering he's been through, and he has, like, the the true honor to, like— to say okay nothing's more important than this i need to i can't be my dad i need to spare you i need to save you i, mean, I that's pretty you know
0: clutch. what i love that and i would say you could easily piggyback on top of that as all part of these this very important non-bending moment that perhaps even if it's unconscious perhaps zuko doesn't want to go home like Maybe he's in within all of this being reminded of his father and what his father did to him, even though cognitively he thinks it's the most important thing for him to go home with the Avatar and regain his honor and get his father's love again. What if his unconscious is like, you ain't ever going to get there. So, and your dad, by the way, is a tremendous jerk who scarred your face. Maybe you don't want to catch the Avatar because maybe you don't want to go back there. Maybe you want to stay out here with Uncle Iroh. <sighs> yeah, it's a lot going on,
1: young Zuko said that's. So, I mean, regardless, the most most valuable non-bending moment lies within the realm of the Fire Nation in this episode. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm willing to give to up Katara both moments
0: being... to the Fire Nation. Yeah.
2: Okay. is an excellent I'll, friend we'll in this episode. It. She's great. Stands up for him, then like chases after him, helps talk him through a difficult thing, helps him examine his memories, and yeah, lets him release this guilt he's carrying for a thing he had no control over. She's a really fantastic friend. Um, she's scared oh, yeah. of them hot hot
1: embers though. She's scared of them hot hot <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: cinders.
0: <laughs> Delicious, <laughs> tasty hot cinders. <laughs> ha ha ha! Yeah. It's a great episode, and yeah, Zuko Zuko comes off looking real different and way more complicated and a way more sympathetic uh, character. It's a great yeah. episode.
1: Literally, it's a poetic episode. The the the, the interweaving of the origin stories. Uh, really illuminated both sides of the story. Really, the first time you're kind of seeing Aang in a light that's not just like this holier, great guy that's like, I'm the Avatar, everything's great. You're like, oh, he's had some darkness in his past. He
2: feels like he abandoned.
1: Yeah, the dark side of the hero and then like a lighter side of the, up
0: to now, the villain. And it's really beautiful. This has been so awesome. What a treat and a blast as we knew it would be, Jack DeSena. Thank you so much for going through this Pleasure. episode with us, I mean, what an episode! It was genuinely like it was a it was a really enjoyable
2: one to rewatch and to dive into and be thinking about it. It's really well. Uh,
0: thank you, thank you, thank you, Jack. Anything you want people to know or check out? His YouTube or, channel.
1: You got to check out his YouTube channel. You guys check out the YouTube yeah.
0: channel. Chris and, Jack. Chris and Jack. We make
2: sketch comedy. So funny. Dante's been in a couple of them. Yep, check they're so great.
1: Yeah. And then, of course, you can always follow me at Dante Bosco on Instagram and Twitter, or uh, um, or at TikTok at Dante.
0: Yeah, I'm at Janet Varney on TikTok, and there are actually some videos on there. And I'm at Janet Varney on Twitter and at the JV Club on Instagram. And we are keeping it going strong. Next week, we are going to be joined by two wonderful guests to talk about some sort of avatar life lessons or big overarching themes that we see, not just in book one, but through the series. They are our esteemed guests and avatar fans, Kara Mahorn and Ijioma Njaka.
1: We'll see everybody next Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.